0: It's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994 95 And this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts Podcast. This is Dan. I'm here with Big Cass. We have Blake, our good buddy Blake, and we have special guest, former Ohio State kicker, Blair Conway. Uh, Big Cass, I know I know you really were the one who introduced him to the show so i'll let you take it from here so blair
0: conway was a uh, place kicker from 1970 to 1973 i do believe um played under woody hayes and i do believe he was a national champion in 1970 correct me if i'm wrong and he was also no paranoid-
2: it, what happened was uh actually my freshman year i played at ashland up the street oh okay and uh uh in height just a I don't want to interrupt you, but the, the, uh, when I was in high school, um, obviously I'm not a real big guy, so none of the big schools recruited me, but Ashland did. So I went there as a freshman and I, um, was second leading scorer on the team up there and was, was kind of a, uh, you know, star as a freshman. And I decided I'd rather, uh, transfer down to Ohio state and potentially even if I just sat the bench, I'd rather play there or be part of the team there than play at Ashland. And obviously I ended up, uh, starting my uh, junior and senior years. So, and then set in so, and back then, as opposed to the way they do it now, uh, I had to sit out a year, but I was still practicing. So I was still part of the team, but, um, you know, not, uh, uh, you know i couldn't go in any of the games or anything
0: but but you know that's a cool story that's a really cool story um blair you were also part of and i believe this is the 50th anniversary of the 1973 infamous tie but in that game you guys did something that remains in history that hasn't been done before and let i want to talk about the tearing down the bro- banner you were mentioned a little bit about what john Hicks. What went into that?
2: Um, deciding to just tear down that banner. It, it, it uh, actually what happened was uh, the, the the way we used to do it is you, especially for uh, uh, away games. You know, you you at Michigan, there's a tunnel, and in other places there were kind of tunnels, things like that but the, but the captains would always lead us out. And, uh, uh, Rick Middleton and Greg Hare were the, the captains that we voted on. However, uh, Woody also appointed John Hicks and Randy Gratishar as captain. So there was four captains. So they're all up front, you know, and then once, uh, Woody wouldn't let us go out until Michigan was done with all their BS that they were doing. Um, uh, you know Naturally. the different things they do and you could hear it in a lot you know you could hear that kind of stuff in the locker room so then once we heard that everything was done then then we rolled out into the uh, uh the tunnel there and then um uh, what happened was John just decided you know what we ain't running under that banner so <laughs> as as we got there. It it was actually lower than. I mean, now they they put it way up there because of what we did. But John jumped up, got a hold of it, pulled it down, and then everybody just started uh, just trying to tear it up and pull it down. And and uh, uh, it it was actually uh, uh, a spur of the moment by John, but it was uh, awful lot of fun. But one thing they did tell us. <clears throat> Uh, beyond the the uh, the banner thing was um, they told us in the locker room, don't take your helmet off and don't sit on the bench because what what the the fans were doing to us, they were throwing rocks and batteries at us.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: Yeah, and um, I I uh, in the second quarter I kicked a field goal and what I used to do is I used to tie my my shoe up real tight and then what I would do is after I kicked I'd come off the field, sit down and then loosen it up until the next time, you know, and get ready that way. So I um kicked the field was
1: that a superstitious
2: thing or just like you don't know. It was just uh but see back then uh I was a straight on kicker rather than the soccer style kickers that they have now. And what what you what you don't want is any movement in the shoe would actually, even though it, you know you're talking about a a very very small amount, but any amount would decrease your velocity on the hit of the ball. So you would you would make the shoe as tight as it could. Plus, it you could feel the ball better when you hit it. Things like that. So um, when I after I kicked the uh, uh, the field goal and then kicked off, I came off the field, sat down on a bench. And sure as heck, somebody threw uh a, a, one of those D-sized batteries and hit me in the back of the helmet. And uh, if I wouldn't have had my helmet on, I'm sure I'd have been probably knocked out and, and maybe even worse. But um, so nobody, that whole game, nobody was sitting on the benches because uh, I don't know if you guys ever been to a, a Michigan game up there, but the, the, the fan, uh, where the fans sit – and then where the benches are, I mean, it's really close. It's probably, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe I'd say at the most, maybe twenty feet. I mean, it's it's not far at all. So, but do you uh, back- that
1: type of crowd this weekend.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure they will. In fact, <laughs> the, the uh, um, we used to stay up there. Um, I'm sure they do now, but uh, we would fly. They're 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 busing now, but we would fly. But the night before the game, um, they found out where we were staying, and all literally all night long, people were blowing their horn, blowing off fireworks, uh, uh, doing all kinds of stuff. And Woody called the uh, uh, the local police, but you know they they weren't going to do anything. so... <laughs> yeah so how, it, it was uh, how, how did Woody
1: yeah. feel about all this like with the banner did he give you guys any backlash or did he love it what, or did he just not oh no he-, he
2: didn't he the the banner thing he didn't say a word about it so <laughs> you know and and the the funny thing is is um you know we didn't I'm trying to remember now you know we. it's one of those things where it, it actually now, as years have gone by, it's like probably the biggest slap in the face that that there ever was in the in the uh, uh, in this rivalry. It'll go down, you know, like forever. And uh, you know, uh, regard, you know, e- even with the 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 ten ten tie alone, it's going to go down as as one of the you know one of the 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 biggest games between the two, especially because you know, we were rated so high and they were rated so high. I, 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 I think it was um looking back even better than their national championship team. Uh That was what nineties, that was nineties somewhere in there with, with uh, I think Desmond Howard was um, their big guy on, on their national championship team. But even that was, that was shared with Colorado, if you remember that. And um, but I think, their 73 team was probably the best team uh, Michigan ever had. And I still say to this day, um, and I think uh, Tim May and obviously all the guys I played with would agree, the uh, 73 team was Ohio State's best team. Uh, We had, uh, just an example, if you take the, the 11 offensive guys that started the year, 11 defensive guys that started the year, the punter and then myself, the kicker, every one of those guys eventually were either drafted or had tryouts in the pros. Now, obviously, you know, there were some freshmen playing and there's some sophomores playing. So, not that's not the same year, but eventually in their career, they they ultimately at least had tryouts in the pros. You know, uh, uh, I, I was with uh, Cleveland, Chicago. Um, you know, I ended up getting cut. And that's when, uh, for '74, Woody brought me back as a coach. So I got the coach in the uh, the '74 season as the graduate assistant coach.
0: That's so cool. That is so cool.
2: Do you think?
1: Do you find it odd that, you know, in 1973, uh, you know, Notre Dame they went undefeated. They claimed the national championship. Alabama went, I think they went 10 and one or something. They had a loss. And Wait, they, they let me stop
2: it. you. Let me stop you just for a sec. I'll, I'll tell you something about that game. Uh, okay. So w- we play in the, it, it was in the orange bowl. So that's the night game on, yeah. on New Year's. Okay. So we play in the Rose bowl, which was the afternoon game. So um, at least for out there, I think it was one o'clock out there, you know, four o'clock over here anyway. So we, kick the crap out of USC, just dominate the, the whole game. It was a blowout. We were number one all year. Um, the 10-10 tie with Michigan, they were number four. So so the, the sports writers had us, um, I think we were number two or something like that before the game. So uh, we kicked the crap out of USC. Then Notre Dame plays Alabama. Well, I, well, Alabama's up by a touchdown. Alabama, or I'm sorry, uh, Notre Dame's up by a a touchdown. Alabama, the last drive of the game, goes all the way down the field with seconds left, scores a touchdown. So the score is 24-23. Alabama's kicker goes out there, misses the extra point. So Notre Dame wins 24-23, or they would have tied and and we'd have been national champ. Now everybody says we were the better team over Notre Dame. Uh, all the USC guys said it, you know, after, especially after that game, but the uh, sports writers ended up voting Notre Dame number 1 and us number 2. And I and everybody's convinced it was mainly because the sports writers hated Woody. You know, Woody was was not kind. I these. can tell I can totally
1: believe that. It's it sounds like it sounds like Urban Meyer kind of the Urban Meyer and Urban the, the end of the Urban Meyer era a little yeah. bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that that uh I, I'm I'm convinced uh uh we were by far the better team um than than Notre Dame. Um and I and back to the Michigan game, um you know, you you'll you'll hear them saying, well, you know, uh, we were the better team that day. Blah blah blah. We won the first half. They won the second half. And the and the thing that people forget too, uh, when you're playing in that particular game, home field is worth ten to seven, seven to ten points. If and and I'll I'll tell anybody this. I'll tell them, um, if we'd have played them at the shoe, I'm. Sure, we'd have beaten them by anywhere from 14 to 17 points. Uh, I, I think we would have blasted them. So um, unfortunately they didn't uh, they didn't put me in on that uh, tiebreaker movie, but but um um I'm I would not have been that kind to the uh, to the other to the the Michigan guys. I, I remember watching that and Gratishar was, you know, everybody else was being pretty politically correct. And Randy uh, ended up telling it like it was, which which I personally uh, really appreciated. So.
0: I mean, I just want to know, you know, we all know the hatred that, you know, Woody Hayes had for, you know, that team up north. Um, Did you have any encounters with Bo Schembecker at all?
2: Not with Bo. Um the, the the one thing I would say the and and I've actually uh at the stadium they have a, there's a room up there and it, it's varsity O room it's called and uh they have uh uh former players can go up there before the game and they have uh you know uh a little bit of food and, and drinks and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I've actually uh, seen Gary Moeller up there, and uh, the the you know haven't played and coached, even though I only coached one year with Woody, but haven't played for Woody too. I can't understand how a captain from an Ohio State team can end up going there and coaching. I I I. I I'm telling you, I don't understand that. It, I, I couldn't do it. I, you know, I mean, there's other jobs. I mean, it's, it's, um, that one has always just amazed me. I mean, you know, the guy was a captain and yet he, he ends up going up to Michigan and, and, uh, um, uh, becoming their coach. So, but no, I, I'm, I'm, I I've actually had, um, again, just on Facebook, but, um, Interactions with uh, uh Bo's kid. Um uh, Shamisham I don't you, you might might heard that name, but um but never never had anything with ball.
0: Yeah, we heard that name uh come across over the summer when the whole first incident with Jim Harbaugh was going around. So <laughs> about his old tweet, tweets and stuff. So that that's that's the uh, day and age where you know your past can come back to haunt so you, so be careful what you put on social media. Is what I say.
2: Pretty much. Yeah, it's the old. You know, you you've seen those things on uh, on uh, ESPN or you know the sports channels and stuff where uh, um, that one uh, coach. God, I can't think of his name right now, but he always said, you know, don't push send. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, make sure you're you know reread it before you push send. so i just think
3: of what it would be like if woody had twitter back in the day but <laughs> <laughs> it'd, Blair, be just tough. To...
2: it'd be tough now with he, he yeah i mean even at practice and stuff we go to practice you know and they're pumping um music over the loudspeakers now what he used to do um the whole prac the whole week before the mission game, what he would do is uh because we always practiced at the at the stadium. He liked uh he wanted to practice on the better turf. Um uh, but he w- over the loudspeakers he would he would pump crowd noise real loud that whole week where where you couldn't you had to like yell or the or the guy next to you couldn't hear you because because that's that that's the uh atmosphere we end up playing um um you know when we were playing up there
1: did he like kickers woody did he like special teams or was he just like or was no he- no he yeah he, oh, he in
2: fact uh um like i said you know when i when I didn't make it in the pros i mean he he brought me back as a as a uh graduate assistant coach and then there was another time. I can't remember how many years after it was maybe like two or three years, maybe like 77, 78, somewhere in there. They had a, um, at the Cleveland touchdown club, they had a meeting or a uh, an event and um, I was invited, you know, so you're, you're in the audience, like a lot of the people and what he was up there talking and uh, uh, he, he saw me in the crowd and he ended up, you know, saying a bunch of uh real nice things, you know, about my performance in the different games and uh Rose Bowl and the and the Michigan game and stuff like that. So yeah, he he was nothing, he was nothing the way the public uh perceived him. Uh he was, you know, he was he was like a, a father figure to us. Um you know everybody that played for him loved him. Um you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's like, it's like playing for Vince Lombardi or, or, uh, you know, a guy like that. I mean, you know, um, yeah, he was, he, he wasn't anything like people, people see him, um, you know, or, or read about him. He was real, real good guy. He used to, in fact, on every away game, um, when we would fly in, you know, wherever we'd go, we'd fly. He would he would give each of us um five dollars out of his own money and tell us to go buy something for our mom, you know, from the from the you know, as like a suit, you know, like a souvenir, like you would, you know, on postcards or you know, something like that. So yeah, he was uh uh he was real good. He he yeah. Uh and especially our team uh we didn't try to think i can't say that there was anybody everybody got along you know it might not be one of those things where you're going out drinking together or something you know like uh, uh, you know on a weekend but everybody on our team got along you know there wasn't you know anybody thinking well that guy's a jerk or you know you know, stay away from him. Everybody was, was, uh, real tight back then. It was a real good team. Blair,
3: he's disdain for the team up north was widely known. Tell us a little bit about what the rivalry meant to him, how he communicated that to you as players, what it means to you and Ohio State, and what this week of preparation was like.
2: Oh, it was, it, it, it It was 24 seven with him. Um, He would start it. uh, We, I, I um, was looking for, and I just couldn't find it. Um, I still have uh, things that they used to send that, you know, now things are obviously done email or text or something like that, but he would send out uh, postcards or letters and um, you know, you know, how are you preparing uh, for the season? How are you preparing to beat Michigan? And, I mean, this is, you're talking about, you know, July, August, you know, through the summer and stuff like that. So, so you,
1: you would be like at home wherever you live and you get a postcard from Woody. Basically. Right.
2: Yeah. I was up in, I was up in a suburb of Cleveland, Middleburg Heights, suburb of Cleveland. <laughs> and, you know, cause they were, you know, the coaches were checking on you all the time just because yeah. you're away. Right. Uh, now, you know, most of the time, the guys are down here all summer. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we, we, uh, I mean, it was, it was 24 seven. You know, we used to even, you know, back then, you know, that whole 73 season, we, we were so dominant. I mean, we could have beat, you know, like I was telling you about how good we were the team, the defense allowed uh, 57 points, which is like 5.7 points a game. It's still the, the, the least amount of defense uh, points per game allowed by any Ohio State football team. And um, it could be even more because the guys, uh, the, the first teamers, most of the games, they didn't play the fourth quarter. And sometimes they didn't play the second half because we were, we were winning by such large amounts. So back to your question you know back then northwestern was real bad um iowa wasn't very good either um there were like three or four teams that were you know they weren't really that good so what woody would do is one day of the practice days he would put everybody in uh all the of uh, the uh uh the number 2s for offense number 2s for defense so they're going against the number 1 offense number one defense he would put them in michigan and we'd actually be practicing for michigan so this is throughout the year and in, in summer ball you know we had uh we had two a days back then which they don't know anything about now but <laughs> a lot of times one of the you know one of the two a day practices would be we were practicing actually for michigan so it it was it was all year, you know, all the time so, at yeah, spring ball, especially, you know, we practice a lot for, uh, against Michigan. And, you know, then I was telling you about, you know, the crowd noise, you know, he pumped through the, the crowd noise and that, that whole week was more, wasn't so much, um, if I remember right, the guys, they would back off on hitting, uh, cause back then there was, you know, it was, it was full of contact practices, Um, uh, but they would back off on the hitting and, uh, it was more, you know, mental preparation, you know, let's make sure, you know, no mistakes, no mistakes, you know, you, you know, he was crazy, uh, about fumbling or, or, uh, um, interceptions, you know, that kind of stuff. See, and then the, the other thing, the other thing back to the, the, the 10, 10 tie game, why I'm sure we were the much better team also is corny uh corny green our quarterback his thumb was uh he injured his thumb I can't remember how if it was in in practice or injured it the week before in the game or something like that but his thumb was all all puffed up so he couldn't pass that's why we didn't pass we didn't pass much back then anyway but uh he he didn't pass at all and there was this one um we practiced all week. It uh, it was called 18 Arch Pass, and all it was was uh, the Archie sweep. But instead of um, you know doing the run part of it, he he would pull back, and Archie would throw the ball to Fred Poggage, basically doing a, a, a like a wheel route out there. Because what Michigan was doing in the game, they were running a nine man front, and then the two. Uh, remaining defensive backs their first move when the ball was hiked was basically they weren't even watching the receivers they were coming to the line because they knew we were going to run so this 18 arch pass was fred pugage the tight end you know he was doing a wheel route across the middle and uh, archie would pass it to him and I'm, I'm telling you that would have been a touchdown and and we'd have won the game. And uh, Ralph Staub, who was the uh, uh, tackle and kicker, my coach, but he was also the offensive coordinator. He was calling it uh, from the uh, 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 the press box up there where the coaches were. But Woody wouldn't send it out onto the field, and uh, and we always wondered why that was because that would have been a a gimme. Because um, corny. we seeing
1: it for this weekend. <laughs> yeah.
2: Cor- Corny, you know, he couldn't pass and then um uh if you've ever watched the game the last um last series for sure that we had the ball maybe the last two series but I think it was just the last series that we had the ball. Uh Greg Hare ended up going in cuz he was he was a better passer um but obviously Corny was, you know, a much better runner. Um but uh you know, it ended up uh uh actually I th- I think they intercepted us on, uh, but obviously then the, the clock ran out and, and, the, you know, game ended in a tie.
1: Hey, Blair, real quick. I ask I ask everyone this, just like what position and like what they played, but like you were a kicker. What was the hardest, um, big 10 stadium to kick in, in your opinion as a player?
2: Oh, it's Michigan. Easy, easy. easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Easy Michigan. Um, I never played at Penn State and but I hear Penn State is real bad also. See, and that's that's the one thing I've been telling people um about this weekend is a lot of the guys, uh, you know, especially because of COVID and that kind of stuff, um, they haven't played up there. So I'm 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 just hoping and I'm sure he is, uh, I hope he's preparing them for the environment that's gonna be up there. Cause it ain't going to be fun. It's really hard. I've never, you know, in all these years, I've never figured it out either. Why it's so hard to go to another place to play. Cause you know, you, you can't tell they're yelling one way or another, you know, I, I've always wondered about that, but, but, um, um, I think our stadium for opposing players would probably be the most intimidating because if you really look at it, you know, not only is there you know over a hundred thousand people there, but it's kind of like a like a giant bowl, but but shuttered in. So I'm sure the noise stays in in the stadium more. You know, even you know Michigan Stadium or uh, uh, the Rose Bowl, kind of a bowl. So it it you know if, I mean if you're in the last rows of the of the bowl there. I mean, you're probably way back there. Whereas Ohio state, there's almost not any bad seats because you're so, you know, relatively you're so close compared to other, other places.
1: I've never been to the big house by def I've definitely heard similar things. Cass or Blake, have you, either you've been to the big house?
0: I I've been to the big house back in 2017 and like my first stint with media and it, it's, it's intimidating but it's like i still find the horseshoe more intimidating just because the way the horseshoe is built like the big house is just like it's you walk in and it's straight down there's not that like when it comes to being intimidating that like the horseshoe just i feel like holds the sound better
2: if that makes oh, sense absolutely yeah
0: where yeah. where the where the big house it just goes up if that makes sense. The the intimidating part I will say about the big house is when I did walk through the tunnel, it, as a as a fan in me, like you know, the big the big fan in me, you know, knowing the rich history of knowing a lot, of, you know, studying Ohio State football as much as I have in my life, walking through that tunnel was intimidating to me just because of all the great players on both sides that ever walked through that tunnel. And I felt that. The be intimidatingness because with the locker rooms being five feet away, that is just that that's intense. Um, yeah. um, Blair, before we let you go and, and having a great um, Thanksgiving and go be with your family and before the big game, if the, if you were a coach on this team right now what would your message be to the players for this Saturday?
2: I think the one thing you always think about is like all all week for prep, you know, you want to do your job and get better every day. Just, you know, focus in on doing your job the best you can that day. And up there, you know it's going to be you know we have if you look at it we have literally we have top 5 recruits every year so we have basically the the best players all they have to do is play to their ability you know we've got by far the best receivers we got the best running back in the country our defense you know, top five defense in the country, there's, you know, our kicker, it, you know, the guy is unbelievable. I, I still, I, I tell my friend when I go to the game, Mike, I don't know where he gets all his power. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. The guy has
1: the power for sure.
2: You know, in practice, I went to a, 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 we're allowed to go to practices. We just tell them ahead of time. And, and plus we're invited sometimes anyway. So I'm at, at the practice watch and, a fielding kick the guy's hitting 60 yarders like i mean relatively easy um they brought that this a guy from um um usc in and um fielding out kicks him and and the, the guy from usc he looks like a, a a darn linebacker i mean he you know he's got to be like six three you know 235 or something like that and fielding. I mean he looks at that 175. There's no way the guy's 175, but man, he he can he can kick the life out of the ball. It's it's amazing. So, um yeah, I, I uh um I think you know, our our biggest thing we if you remember a few years back when we played Alabama and they beat us, and Devontae Smith was the uh, the wide receiver, which everybody forgets that he was on our team, and and in the transfer portal went down to Alabama. The guy had two hundred yards in the first half. Marvin Harrison Jr. is better than him, and I would, I'm hoping that they literally have anywhere from 15 to 25 plays designed for him and at least get, at least target him at least 15 times, at least 15 times, that guy, he'll catch the ball. All you got to do is get the ball near him. And then our other receivers are almost as good as him. I mean, you know, and now we got Travion here, uh, Henderson back. Um, They just got to play. their ability that's that's the bottom line and everybody do their job that's and and we'll win the game
1: i love it i love it uh blair thank you so much for coming on just sharing you know your past experiences and everything with us we got about a minute left cask Blake, any any other final notes before zoom kicks us off here well
3: i just want to say uh thank you for being here and and sharing your experience with us, kind of like Dan said, it was great getting your insights, hearing those behind-the-scenes stories about Woody, I think was really cool, especially because those stories are not told as much. I've heard a, a couple from a family friend that we have who was also uh, friends with Woody in passing, and stories that he would share were similar to what you said, how he was a great father figure, and he was very mentoring and everything. So it was great to hear that all that stuff, again, has proved to be true, and that he had such a great impact on his players in his program.
2: Okay, thanks for having
0: me. And thank you, Blair, for coming on and go Bucks this weekend. And you know, I'm a I'm a Buckeye historian. These guys will sit there and tell you that they'll come to me about some history. And it's glad to have some guys come on here and you know
2: talk about that. Okay, thanks a lot. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Bucks. Okay, same to you guys.
1: So you just you just heard it all from Blair Conway. Cass, great, great, great find for the show. Um. I will say, like, I know we're talking about this off air. Dude sounded so tough. Like, sounds like a linebacker, not even a kicker. Like, that's how much Woody Hayes kind of rubbed off, off on that team. But enough of, you know, the pass. Let's get, let's get back. Let's focus like what's ahead of the Buckeyes right now. Thank you, Blair, for coming on. But uh, huge it, it's it's an understatement. It's a huge game this weekend. Um, it's it's probably the biggest, the biggest this game will ever be possibly ever Ever again, ever Ever again, again. the 12 team playoff. So let's get into it. I mean, how are we feeling boys?
0: (laughs) I feel nervous, confident, man. Like last year, I, I, last year like, I felt confident, but I also had that bad feeling. You know what I mean? Like bad feeling that something was going to happen. And sure enough, that's what happened. Um, this year it's a nervous, confident, my nervous is for the players' safety, just because how you know we see we see it on Twitter um, and social media that these fans are going to be ruthless. Uh, I think they think Ryan Day is the one is the mastermind of the sign stealing, you know, turning thing in, you know, with the whole hardball. Um But I'm also nervous that what is these players? How are these players going to respond? to when something doesn't go their way. Um, however, just by listening to the players this week, these guys are ready. Special Denzel Burke's comments. You know, Blake and I were talking about how he they want to win this for the state of Ohio, and you know it's it's time to go to war. It's you know another top five matchup, and you know I know we're stealing this from minutes to sports, but they've met what thirteen times top five matchup, and. The home team, uh, the home team is the the home team's only won what three times? Uh, two, it's like two, three times, it's two very three different. times,
1: but they also like you got to take it all with a grain of salt because the it's also it kind of goes against the trend. Whoever the favorite is lately, it, the opposite wins, and that's that's kind of been the trend. So, like last year, we were the favorite, then Michigan won. Um, it's been like kind of like that the past couple of years. So, I mean, it, I, I what's like the weirdest scenario you guys can imagine this game? I feel like the weirdest one I can see is like a 49-48 shootout. I, I'm not saying that's impossible, but like, <laughs> that I just feel like is, there's no chance that happens.
0: Like, you know, with this one, man,
3: so – Kind of what you guys were saying is this game, the stakes are as, as high as you could possibly get. We're never going to see this again. I mean, they might be undefeated coming in, but the stakes because of the 14 playoff, this is here. I mean, the game already needs no introduction, and it feels like the energy is as palpable as it's ever been. The stakes are as high as they've ever been. The anticipation, the buildup, everything is, is there. So I think the most out-of-character thing that could happen in this game, and to your point, is... The Ohio State defense giving up big plays or getting gashed in the run game because they've been so stout this year. They've been so consistent. Jim Knowles has done an absolutely outstanding job, and you have to remember the offense got retooled a bit. You see Ryan Day starting to lean more on the running game there, especially with Travion Henderson, the way he's come on. I mean, he's, he's running as good as anyone in the country. And then in the defense, they revamped it completely. Jim Knowles changed his philosophy, and they have run stout coverage all year end to end in every game not surrendering more than 17 points so when you see that I think the most out of character thing would be the defense giving up big plays because Michigan does not have a wide receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr. that can change the game this is no knock on Roman Wilson but Michigan doesn't look like they're going to hit you deep on a pass play Ohio State's pass coverage is is very good
1: Cornelius Johnson literally posted a highlight video a week ago of him doing cardio against Penn State so if if he scores, like if he has another game like we he had last year, uh, all is lost for our secondary. I don't, like, I, I don't know what we can do at that point. It
0: goes to the like it kind of feeds off what Blake said. The uncharacteristic thing for me is the way this gentleman that I work with at work he thinks that JJ McCarthy is just going to go off throwing the football, which lately his trend he's looked really bad the last few few games and that would be the trend on pot you know the what like you were saying dan is if jj mccarthy would just tee off on ohio state and that would go with blake's you know where the defense just gives up good play the fact that ohio state has given up one 40 plus yard play this year they're number one in the country and um big plays allowed um with only one with 40 they've only allowed three uh, plays over 30 yards and they've only allowed in the third in the country and plays over 20 that just tells you about this defense um they just play so fast and that's the uncharacteristic thing is for me is j.j mccarthy t and off
3: they tackle well too. this defense they play assignment football they do their job and that's the biggest thing when you have guys so dave and i talked about this on Saturday cadence, where when you look at the defense in 2021 and 2022, because this is that sample size we're looking at, Michigan's won the last two coming into this year, got to change something. Ohio State didn't have the lockdown secondary that they've been accustomed to having over the years. So now this year, you can get away with, all right, if you can't stop the run with six or with seven, you can put eight in the box and have your cover guys your db's back on an island there and you can trust denzel burke or davis nick or josh proctor to come over Sonny styles jordan hancock there's been guys that have stepped up for ohio state defensively on the back end that can give your tommy eikenbergs and your cody simons of the world steel chambers the freedom to just go and hunt that football in the backfield
1: defensively where do you think i mean where do you think we match up best what's our what's where it's one area that like is a clear mismatch for the buckeyes
0: our, our DNs. Our DNs Yes. The speed rushers. The um it's hands down. Like Jack the way Jack Sawyer is playing right now, the thing with this defense in the Jim Knowles is I know a lot of people want to see the sack stats. This defense in the Jim Knowles style defense don't get sacks, but they create so much pressure that the quarterback just you know makes bad throws and bad plays. Um that's where also the mismatch thing that, that brings me to a funny point. Cause I just, I sent the clip to Dan, I meant to send it to you, uh, Blake, but on, you know, the bears podcast from Fox, you know, the bear, who I don't know, yep. I don't know his friend. There was a guy on there saying that Ohio state's week seven front seven is weak And I'm like, I sent it to Dan and I'm like, tell me you don't watch Ohio state football without telling me you don't watch yeah. Ohio state football. And that that right there is Brunson JTT and Jack Sawyer Kanata Jackson Kaden Curry can tee off against these two tackles especially one of them still banged up i believe right i
1: just feel like too, Ty yes. i feel like Ty Leak is getting such disrespect in this it's if if anyone who's watched ohio state football this year Ty Leek williams has been an absolute game wrecker for us He's honestly arguably been one of our defensive MVP. You can make that argument. Uh he clogs everything up the middle. He, he, he generates a pass rush. And he statistically, he's had better years than the the Michigan defensive tackles, even though, you know, I think one of them, uh, what was it, Perry? I think he someone has him like 10th overall Heisman voting. And then when you look at every metric, Tyleek Williams has better statistics. I think Tyleek is the the difference maker this year. Because in the past two years, too, against that team up north, Tyleek hasn't played at all. He's played very limited snaps, and people have been begging for him. This is a game where, like, we need him to just lock down the middle, and, like, we need to just stuff the run. If we can stop the run, if we can hold Michigan under four yards of carry, we're going to win this game easily.
3: When you look at that defensive line, too, you have – JT, Tuimolo, and, and Tyleek Williams, I think they're your two guys you want to look for when Michigan drops back to pass. And then if they start to run the football, Jack Sawyer's silently been outstanding in his his rush defense. And then you have Michael Hall up the middle, too, when he's in there. He'll be back this week, according to Ryan Day. So if you My get Hamilton. him and, and Ty Tyleek Williams, Ty Hamilton, you get all those guys up in the middle, just stuff that run, make it impossible.
1: Even and then Ken- you allow- Larry and Kenyatta Jackson will come in and make some plays, too.
0: Yeah, yeah Larry
1: Johnson's uh, been strong. Way-
0: and I think what helps that makes this defensive line so good is number six, Sonny Styles. Oh, absolutely. He, he he comes up and he'll he'll make that big tackle. Also, we get the guy who wanted to fight Ryan Day back. You know, we get we get Tommy Eikenberg back. <laughs> so that guy hasn't played for two weeks. Think about how hungry he is. He is, and then Ryan Day is basically going to say, "You're going to thank me after this game." That's how hungry I think Tommy's going to be.
3: He also didn't play on senior day, so he's got a lot of that pent-up energy that he's gonna take out on some maize and blue. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it this defense, I it's not I'm not worried about this defense. The offense, obviously, you know, I'm worried, but we have enough playmakers that in our defense is so good that we're gonna create they're gonna be able to create opportunities for our offense.
1: Man, I'm not worried about the offense because if we could if we could beat this team in 2016. When that, I mean, the 2016 offense was not a good offense at all. It was it was rushing JT. We didn't have a true back. It was like Curtis Samuel was kind of our lead guy. We had Noah
0: Brown, that was it.
1: Noah Brown was our wide receiver one. Like, what, the, the Ohio State has seen much tougher circumstances, I think. Um, I mean, our offense is loaded. I just feel like no one respects Kyle McCord. It's the most ridiculous, like, thing ever the dude the dude has like these are just facts he is 12 and 0 as a starter people wanted him to start over cj stroud in 2021 there was a couple games stretch where that was a fact and he has more passing touchdowns this season more yards than jj mccarthy so i don't know i just i think he's just getting absolutely disrespected and it's not yeah. like he's ever done anything to really warrant the disrespect other than maybe of not the most amazing game against Indiana. Okay,
0: I mean, I I agree with you. Also, I you mean, know, I I get why some people because they're used to seeing Stroud make those big time throws. They're used to seeing Justin Fields make those big throws. But they I used feel like to
1: say that they suck. <laughs> like, the yeah, people. I mean, it's it's, it's
0: Buckeye it's Buckeye Nation. You know, not, you know how that is. the The thing that I love about this this whole part of this game is Vegas. Ohio State's a popular pick with Vegas, but with the media, they're not the popular pick. Colin Coward chopping off, right? You know, obviously Desmond Howard, you know, even like some of the Fox guys are, you know, popping off. Outside of Paul Feinbaum and those guys who talk trash about Michigan because of Jim Harbaugh and stuff, Ohio State's not the popular pick, even though I think at Vegas, that's why the line's three and a half because, you know, this line – should be five in my opinion you know just because you know if it was at the shoe, Ohio State would be favored. just you know that's how I feel but like the like Blair said you know the home team gets the points you know the home team gets their points and I think with Ohio State being only a three and a, being a three and only a three and a half dog touch Vegas likes Ohio State but it's the media that even despite everything that's going on with Michigan they're still the popular pick to beat Ohio State.
3: I want to get your guys' opinion on this, too. So, Ohio State looked like the more focused football team last week, and really all year. They've been focused. They know their mission is, all right, you got to win the first game against Indiana. Ryan Day said it this week. you got to win your next 10, and then you got to beat that team up north. You Obviously, beating the team up north, that's goal number one. But in sequence, win the first one, win the next 10, win the last one. So, here we are at the last one. Ohio State's focused. But that last week, Michigan, in a sandwich game against Maryland, they looked a little bit suspect you know, the defense gave up the most points that they'd surrendered all year. Do you read too much into that Michigan performance where these two teams are trending in opposite directions? I personally don't. I think Michigan was just in a sandwich spot after coming off an emotional game against Penn State. No, Jim Harbaugh is the first one. You know, Sharon Moore was emotional in the press conference afterwards. Michigan, they just, they're playing the Michigan versus everybody card. All right, we just got to find a way to beat Maryland. Then we got Ohio State. I don't read too much into that. Do you guys... Think these teams are trending in opposite directions, or do you think that that was just circumstantial where it would, they were caught?
1: I just I think Ohio State is playing their best football the past two weeks because it's I, I wrote this in the chat it's just like against Michigan State we had the great first half and against Minnesota we had the great second half. This week we put it all together. It, it feels like Michigan. It feels like just there's so much surrounding them it feels like it's all adding up it's and it wasn't it, it's not one thing it's just death by like a thousand cuts it's you know one it's the weiss thing and then it's harbaugh getting suspended the first three games and then the, the next three and Jimmy Schimbeckler. yeah they lose their sign stealing guy they uh roman wilson takes a brutal hit jj mccarthy's limping because he ran the ball a bunch of times during penn state sharon moore is afraid to call a pass play like it's it's beginning to all add up and i i think that it's like the dam is overflowing the dam could hold i like the dam could easily hold and nothing happens or it could be like the netherlands and just the water just gushes through and there's nothing you can do to stop it because they're, they're underwater
0: I don't think they're trending the wrong way, but I think just everything's catching up to them if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's They're all. not,
0: they're, not mm-hmm. they're they're not going to they're they don't have their head coach. My, the interesting thing is, yes, there's more pressure on Ryan Day to win this game, obviously in my opinion. But if we get Georgia Ryan Day, we get the in-game adjustments Ryan Day. It's easy because Michigan doesn't have those coaches to come together to make all those adjustments.
1: Like, when you find out about the sign stealing stuff, I'm just curious like how much that played into the gamesmanship. Cause then remember last year with the, uh, you know, it was like the G Scott play that kind of threw everything off. And I don't think we have a boneheaded play like that, that this year, I think we will be more focused. I think we tried to overcompensate from 2021 with the, like, with the the whole Cam Brown fighting the entire offensive line, trying to do that, and then, like, G. Scott, I feel like trying to overcompensate. This year, I feel like we're just going to lock in and do our job, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, win the moment. Exactly. I think that's all we have to do, and we don't – no one has to be the superhero. Everyone just has to do their job.
0: Yeah, nine no, strong, yeah, just I, like I, everyone I, would always preach. I agree. I mean, it, it's it's time to go to war. Um, I'm sure LL Cool is playing all through the the Woody right now. I I think you know Marv is, you know, they're probably trying to kick Marv out, you know, right now Buka as well. Buka, I you know, like Cade Stover said in the Penn State game, you know, we just gotta, you know, come out and hit him and hit him in the mouth. I think if Ohio State establishes the run with Travion, it's gonna open up Marvin Harrison. I also still – I am a firm believer. I don't care what these Oregon Duck fans say that because Bo Nix is just tearing it up against really bad opponents. <laughs> Marvin Harrison goes for a, over 100 yards and two touchdowns or a, mm-hmm. in a, six or seven catches. He is winning the Heisman Trophy in the Blintcock. Hands down, I don't care what these other LSU people say because Jaden Daniels throws the ball 45 times
1: game.
3: And also, doesn't have a defense, think, so Jay Nadez has to score those points.
1: Harv will lock down the Heisman if he goes for 200. 200 and a win, it's his. I don't I even think, think it takes I think 200. He that. No. Uh, he, yeah. Or if he has, like, an iconic, like, a 70-yard touchdown or, like, a catch at the end to, like, win, he wins it. Uh, but- Charles,
0: Woodson, Charles Woodson in 1997 won the Heisman Trophy. Mm. By beating Ohio State. Yep.
1: yep. Marvin
0: Harrison's going to win the Heisman Trophy by beating Michigan. Yep. You're right, Cass.
1: Uh, all right, boys. Keys to victory and then score predictions.
0: Play Buckeye football. Don't let the moment, don't let the crowd get to you. Don't just play Buckeye football because you know Michigan's going to be coming at you with something funky, whether it's in the uh, tunnel, whether it's in, during the game. Hence, Todd Blackwood's Dontre Willis. I'm still fi- trying to figure out why this pitcher from the Florida Marlins was on the Ohio State Buckeyes roster during that 2013 game. But Dontre Willis, we all know the mispronouncing of Dontre Wilson. But we know something funky is going to happen, and we just got to keep our cool G. Scott Jr. <laughs> and uh, just play Buckeye football and win the game for CJ. As I saw on Twitter earlier. Uh, but win the game, just go up there, win the game and go beat Iowa after that.
3: So I think when you, when you look at this, you talk about winning the game, right? You have to break that down because sometimes winning the game is so big. Just win the moment. Like we're all saying, do step-by-step, drive-by-drive, play-by-play, break it down one thing at a time. It's a collection of moments and that's how you get to the end goal. Then you look at my next key is you got to be able to run the football. You got to be able to stop the run. Those two things the last 21 years. The winning team has won the rushing battle. That's not going to be any different this year, I don't expect. Trevion Henderson and Chip Traynham, Blake Coram and Donovan Edwards. Running back room, rooms are pretty much a wash. Travion Henderson's the hottest running back of the four. Blake Coram and Donovan Edwards have been the most consistent. So I think it's going to come down to the front seven of both teams and who can stop who, the offensive lines, can they get push? And then after that, we all know about Marvin Harrison Jr. They're going to target him. You know, Blair Conway said get 15 targets to him at least I I agree with that at the same time if they choose a double Marv they're going to have extra eyes on Marv that's going to open up for Cade Stover I think he's going to have a big game so Cade Stover last year he was in the game plan we saw Ohio State go to him on fourth down go to him in the red zone they didn't execute on a couple of those plays this is a redemption moment for Cade Stover he's been outstanding and elite for Ohio State this year so I think offensively, you want to look at Cade Stover, Xavier Johnson, and Emeka Ibuka to also step up and make plays, because if those guys start making plays, it's going to open it up to where Trayvon Henderson can run more free. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to get a look somewhere else. He's going to find open space. Then you're able to feed him, and then that offense can get humming. Now, for Kyle McCord, has to protect the football. Can't turn that over. I think that's the biggest thing of the entire offense is protecting the football. Run the football, protect the football. A and B, and then defensively, stop the run. I'm just gonna say it 100 times stop the run. Don't let JJ McCarthy get involved with his legs.
1: Uh, no, absolutely right, Blake. Um, I'll, I'll go further. So, my keys on the defensive side, we yeah, it, like the Star Wars meme with Kylo Ren. He's like, I want every gun to fire on that man. I want <laughs> like when, when Donovan Edwards is in there, yes, every like fire every gun on him, and then when, when Blake Horan comes in, focus on him. Like stop those two guys immediately. Sell out. I don't care. Like if Cornelius Johnson beats us, I, I, I it's fine. I, I can, I, I won't be able to understand it. But like, I, I, that's the matchup. Like we need to let happen. Um, I do do think, um, we also need uh, on the offensive side, the two most important guys are gonna be Matthew Jones, Donovan Jackson, because those two guys are. They can take over games. We saw against Georgia with uh Jalen Carter. They literally bottled him up. Carson Hensman. He's been shaky. We just need one of those two guys to either slide, like help slide the pressure to help you know with Car- Carson to double someone or um like it, like we just need their leadership. And I think we'll be all right. Like I think I think we can keep their tackles in check. They're not Jalen Carter. It's they're they're good. They're they're very good players. They're not the Georgia guys. Um, and I think. If we can establish you know the inside, if we can get yards inside up the gut, that's gonna open up everything because once once they have to commit to stopping Trey and Chip, that's really when like they already have their hands full of Marv. That's when X gets involved, that's when Mecca gets involved, that's when Cade runs right down the sideline, uh or the scene. Uh but conversely on the defense, we need Proctor and Sonny. To be keyed in on their tight ends. Their tight ends are a threat. We cannot sleep on uh what is it? Loveland cannot sleep on him. He he burnt us last year. Um, so those are my keys.
0: Yeah, I got a 26-20 win for the Buckeyes. Um, Marv walking out with the Heisman. That's I,
1: I got 27-20 Buckeyes. Uh it's an ugly game, but Special teams comes up clutch, I'll say, for the Buckeyes this week. For some reason, Parker Fleming s- saves his job. I don't know why. It, it makes it would make no sense. <laughs> this game makes no sense.
3: You can see it on my face. That is a bold prediction with the special teams there, <laughs> Mister Dan. <laughs> One thing too, when I look at predicting this game, I think before I say that is, I think we appreciate the era that we've had in this rivalry right now. We know it's the greatest in all sports, not just college football. We've had three top three matchups, four top five matchups, and six top ten matchups in the last decade. I mean, what other rivalry has had that? Nothing's on this level. This is why this game is so big. It's why it's going to be the biggest in college football history. That It's going to live up to the billing one way or another, however the game looks. If it's like 2006 where the offense is showcased or if it's like 2016 where it's the defenses and you have to win that game, every yard is a war. I think both teams are excellent but it's going to come down to the Ohio State offense and the Ohio State defense, right? The Buckeyes have this game in control where it's going to be what they make it. If the defense can stop the run, they're going to stay in the game and they'll be in control to win it. If the offense is able to move the football, they don't turn the ball over, they'll be able to win it. So give me Ohio State, I'm with you, Dan, 27 to 20.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, I, I,
0: um, I also think, hear me out, this is just a bold take. I think the Big Ten wants Ohio State to go to the Big Ten championship.
1: Yeah, I no, think
0: with everything that no, they want I'm just Ohio saying, State
1: to do their job for them.
0: <laughs> they want Ohio State to win this. I think the Big Ten doesn't want Harbaugh, Michigan to go farther.
2: Well, all right. So Big-
0: I'm saying I'm not saying I'm saying there's going to be some calls. Go to Ohio State's way.
1: Uh, so big game boomer. He tweeted something. Um, it was which
0: well, is like, 20% on his picks this year. We this and year he's so
1: Michigan. So congratulations, Ohio State. We're going to the big 10 <laughs> uh, he tweeted this. It was the picture of like the college football playoff graphic I had Ohio State too. And he said, Ohio State fans better enjoy this moment. This is the last time they're going to be ranked ahead of Michigan for a very long time. Saturday can't get here soon enough. One, hang that in every locker in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Um, two, uh, it, like, what? Like, it, when this all comes crashing down, because what's going to happen is win or lose, Michigan, Harbaugh going to be canned, I think, because if they go to the Raiders. It, it, well, if they if Sharon Moore beats Ohio State, they're gonna just give him the job. I think they'll be like, "Oh, this guy's great. We don't need Harbaugh." And then that's gonna be it for him. It, and then too, like the NCAA and Big Ten are coming still. So, like, even if they win or lose, it's still coming down for them. Yeah,
0: I, I that's why I said watch Ohio State get some calls where it derails. Michigan's drive, say Michigan's having a decent drive, they get a big play. Oh, holding makes it third and 20 or third and 15, you know, just, just to keep it on, you know, just to keep it and say, Oh, you know, you can call holding on every play, but like, and then you look at it, Oh, we got away with that. I, that's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying like where, Roman Wilson catches a ball. He gets both. He gets a foot in bounds, but technically, they're going to call it an uncatch. That's not what I'm calling. Just watch for it.
3: Who's your big X factor in the game, Cash? You can pick one player on the team.
0: Who's your X factor? Whew. For some 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 reason, it tells something. I want to say. I want to say Xavier Johnson, but I'm not. I'm going with number 91, Tylee Williams. Because he's going to plug up the middle, and he's going to have a huge day. That's my X factor. Because if he's my, if he does his job and plugs up the middle, there's going to be a lot of 3 and for Michigan.
3: Mm-hmm. I like Cade Stover as my X factor overall, both as a receiver and also in his run and pass protection as well. I think he's a good option there. He may not fill up the stat sheet in the flashiest way, but his impact is going to be made known, especially if you watch the film afterwards. He had a couple games that way where he didn't do much through the year. I think it was against Rutgers. Or no, he didn't play against Rutgers. Was it Wisconsin? He didn't record many many. He didn't stats. have a
0: single target.
3: Right. But he was great in pass protection, and he was great run blocking. So I think we see a mix of that from Cade Stover there. He's a very versatile player. They may stick him out wide in the slot, go up the seam, I like Cade Stover to be the X factor.
1: I got Matthew Jones. I'm just giving the line some love. We got those defensive tackles are a problem. We got established the line of scrimmage. Matthew Jones is our guy. So that brings oh. us to the end of the Michigan preview. And now we have the last full week of picks. Um, Rivalry
0: week. Rivalry Week picks real quick. Buckeye basketball. The women's are down in Bahamas. They got a big win tonight over Oklahoma State. So congratulations to the lady Buckeyes.
1: Congratulations. Um but we got picks. Um which were uh, so many
0: games. Uh with- the Egg Bowl tomorrow night. The egg bowl. Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Ole Miss is a ten and a half point favorite.
1: I like Mississippi State. I I don't know why. I just – I feel like they're just going to win this.
3: I'll take Lane and Ole Miss.
0: Sorry, I had to do the Egg Bowl. It's a nice – nice, I don't really care. I mean, the 49ers played the Seahawks tomorrow night, but it's a nice game to watch a little bit of college football. But I like Ole Miss to win, but it's the Egg Bowl. Give me Mississippi State to cover.
1: I like it. Uh, Friday Night Cast, massive one. Uh, number 16, Oregon State. At number 6, Oregon. 8.30 on Fox, the Civil War. The final edition, unless something changes. Who we like
0: I like Oregon State with the upset. I do too.
3: Yeah, I'm on I'm on the Beavers as well to cover that 13 and a half.
1: It, it, yeah. They, oh I have I have them straight up. <laughs> they 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 played Washington very tough. Um they're a very good team. It's um uh, I think they could definitely pull off the upset. I, I like them with the points though.
3: So does Arizona go to Vegas then?
0: I'd like to see that. Honestly, I'd like to see that. Well, that's I the
3: recipe. T- if Oregon loses and Arizona beats Arizona State, then Arizona would meet Washington in Las Vegas next Friday night.
1: I'm all for the Arizona winning the Pac-12. Um Jed Fish.
3: Then a big how many raise. losses they have? Three. Oh yeah. Should have beaten USC.
1: I haven't. <clears throat> I have an intriguing one. No one's gonna watch this because it's also a noon game, but uh, Kentucky at Louisville, the the Battle of Kentucky. I don't even know what they call this rivalry. Um, I, I I like Kentucky though. I like I just like Kentucky in this. I think this is one of a this is a tough team for Louisville to play at this point in the season. Louisville's very good, but Kentucky Kentucky's gonna play them tough. I think.
0: What's this point spread?
3: I have Seven,
1: no idea. seven, yeah. I, I, give me Kentucky, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I actually pulled up our board from David and I's board for our picks up here, so I've got the spreads in front of me. I think we both of us took Louisville to win in the game, but Kentucky to cover.
0: I like it. I'm t- I'm going to go with Louisville.
1: I like it. Um, oh, this is a this is a big one on paper at least. Um. It's four o'clock on Fox. Washington State at Washington. Apple Cup. This is this this could be a crazy one because Washington State's a fun team. Um, I, I like Washington. I still like Washington with the points and every, like to cover minus the points or whatever. But this, keep your eye on this one. This could be a fun one.
3: Yeah, 16 and a half's a big number in that game. I actually I like Washington to win the game. I just I think their offense is gonna overpower Wazoo's. Washington State will keep it within that 16 and a half. It's a rivalry game. Washington's coming off a big emotional road win in Corvallis. They got to come back home. Tough to play in Husky Stadium, but Washington State will keep it closer in the number.
1: I got forgot Iowa
0: and Nebraska. Oh well, Under. under. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that. We all take the under. Yes. Under.
1: They, they should they should be forced to play this game, honestly, in like March. Um <laughs> <laughs> what, this is a, we don't deserve this game. Last week of the year, we deserve this game. It in March, like when there's nothing going on, because um, like I was already going to the big the Big Ten championship. So they, I think they should table this one for, uh, a couple months.
0: I, I I'm seriously on the gra- our, My graphic I'm making right now. I'm putting Iowa versus Nebraska under. I put Iowa versus Neb. Under for all that is of us. my pick. Under,
1: under, yep. yeah. under <laughs> the under could be two. I don't care.
3: And, and the point spreads, too. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. the winner of Ohio State Michigan against Iowa in the Big Ten championship, they could set that over under at 37 and that score could end up being 35 nothing. I'd still take the under.
1: Yeah, I. I, I have a hot take. I think whoever win, <laughs> I think whoever wins the Ohio State Michigan game, they're going to just struggle so hard next week with Iowa because it's just going to be. It the, won't be fun. It will – like they'll win, but it it's going to be a game where like the the the, the favorite's going to be down at half, but it's going to be like a ten to seven, and it, it's going to just be. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> I'm not excited. Return to
3: All our right. original point. Under.
0: So, Alabama-Auburn is a 14-point – Alabama's a 14-point favorite at Auburn, the Iron Bowl. I think Alabama cruises because they're trying to get in the college football playoff. And, yeah, Alabama cruises. Cruises. It might be – remember 2008, Ohio State versus Michigan, 42-7? to Tremendous. This one right here.
3: Yeah, I like Alabama to covering this game as well. I mean, I know on our show, at least, I, I cannot take credit for this, but David has all year been on Alabama saying not to leave them for dead. They're coming back, going to the playoff. Now, both of us did agree. You give Nick Saban 60 minutes to go to the playoff, you're taking Nick Saban. It's similar like that. Alabama's going to roll.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to, like, talk myself into Auburn. No chance. It doesn't work. <laughs> It, it it doesn't add up.
3: No, the math doesn't. All matter. right, this
1: one's the last and final one. It's kind
0: of interesting. No Jordan Travis. Jordan mm-hmm. Travis has to end his career. Um, the dancing quarterback, as you see, minutes the sports put on put on uh, Twitter. Florida State is a six and a half point favorite. This one's interesting.
1: I like FSU just because I I just I don't think Florida's good. (laughs) They're so bad, honestly. Um, And and it just I I felt bad because I I knocked Florida State down like six or seven in my rankings. I really knocked them down far. Um, It's not impossible for them though because there was once a man named Cardale Jones. So I, I have a little love for Florida State now because I'm like they're going through the same thing Ohio State did in 2014. So I'm kind of like kind of pulling for them. So I'll, I'll take them.
3: So you, you look at this game and Dan, so it's funny with your rankings, the college football playoff selection committee is not supposed to project. All you do is project. Oh, when absolutely. you're making that ranking. So I,
1: absolutely. I, I
3: think it's a, I think it's a fair take. I just don't, I think it's hard to argue with the zero in the loss column. I like FSU to cover in the game. My boss is a Florida state fan. He was in complete shambles when, uh, Jordan Travis went down, and rightly so. I mean, Florida State has done everything they've been asked to this year. They've won every game. I know some of them have been ugly, but they have the zero so, in the lost column, and they beat they an SEC team.
1: The thing is, though, if they win the next two, they're in. So they don't like. I, it sucks that they aren't. We, you don't think they aren't?
3: No, no, I, I think they are too. It's hard to argue okay. with the zero in the lost column, and and they're high on Tate Rotomaker. So if he goes in there and he, the key is with Ohio State back in fourteen. That's the only precedent for a backup quarterback is you have to leave no doubt. That's what oh. Florida State has to do. Leave no doubt.
0: Absolutely. I love it. All right. The last and final one. Your favorite Thanksgiving dish.
1: Oh, sweet potatoes.
3: Sweet potatoes. Or stuffing. That's a it's a dead
0: heat.
1: Cask. I'm going with the turkey. All
0: right. Turkey's the OG. Turkey. I love the it. The turkey, man. The turkey.
1: But we got about Thirty seconds. So, as always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Us podcast. Everyone, have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Um, and as always, go Bucks and beat that team up more.